Yo, what is up? Welcome back to the Whoop and Shoot podcast. It is Troop here. And it's your boy, Woop. On this podcast, we're going to be breaking down our past NFC and AFC Championship games. Um, also going to be doing just some NBA news, going over some of the past week's games. Um, also, just some more NBA chatter, talking about LeBron's game, some of what's happened with Russell Westbrook and just the fallout for the Wizards. Um, also, we're going to be giving our takes on the Sixers-Lakers game tonight. Lakers game. Sixers-Lakers game tonight. Um, which is going to be pretty lit because both are one season in the West, or I mean, we, West and East. East. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to be starting off with NFL, like usual. It's been a pretty crazy weekend, a good weekend of championship football, to say the least. Um, not everything went chalk, which is what I like when there's at least one upset. Yeah. Um, so we're going to get to that upset first. The Bucks played the Packers in Lambeau. Yes, sir. And they won here 31 to 26. This game was pretty crazy um, for a lot of reasons. Uh, although the spread was only three, a lot of people had a lot of confidence in the Packers, you know, because Aaron Rodgers, it really seemed like it was his year just based off how well he was playing mm-hmm. and the fact that he had a home field in the NFC Championship game. But it didn't really work out the way. Whoop, you want to give your take first? Yeah. Um, I personally, I picked the Bucks for this game just because they were the hotter team. I mean, I mentioned that all throughout probably like the last three or four podcasts when we were talking about the NFL. Um, earlier in the season, they – they absolutely throttled the Packers like 38 to 10. I know that's regular season, but it just shows that they kind of know like how to play this Packers team and know how to beat them. So I kind of had a lot of confidence in Tampa Bay. And also I don't want to bet against Tom Brady. This guy, mm-hmm. um, he's 33 and 11 in the playoffs now. That's like, I, I saw the stat the other day. That's like uh, 15 more wins or something. Yeah, it's over, it's it's over doubled the next best quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Right, 16. Right, and then, and then like Tom Brady, since the age of 35, he has 17 playoff wins. That's that's nuts. That's mm-hmm. still more than, you know, the next best quarterback. So, yeah, Tom Brady, uh, he, you know, he threw three picks in this game, three touchdowns. He was good uh, in that first half. You know, he finished – 20 or 36, 280 yards, came down on that first drive, threw a nice ball to Mike Evans, and you're like, oh, wow, if the Tampa Bay can do this to this Packers offense, they're, they're going to be in for, you know, I mean, long Packers n- defense. I mean, Packers defense, then they're going to be in for a long night. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, they got it done in that first half, and then as the game went on, the Packers came back, and you kind of felt like they come back. You know, you got Aaron Rodgers, you got Devontae Adams on the other side of the ball. They're going to be, um, you know, you can't, you can't count them out. They're – They've been awesome all year. So you kind of felt like they'd come back, and they did. And uh, the Tampa Bay was able to hold on and part of, a you know, maybe a controversial call on whether or not to kick a field goal or go for it. We'll get that to that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But uh, a lot of people have been slandering kind of Tom Brady. Oh, he threw, threw three picks, and he got bailed out by this defense and with the takeaways they had and stuff like that. But uh, Tom Brady, you know, he was, he was just – as much of an impact as this whole team. And, you know, he's the one who got him to this point. Uh, he's a bit – I mean, the team was 7-9 and nine last year. And then you insert Tom Brady and now they're in the Super Bowl. That that doesn't happen by accident. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the weapons that Tom Brady had around him were great as well. Um, just – it's unbelievable what he's been doing. And, uh, yeah, so Bucks end up getting that win. Um, they're moving on to the Super Bowl. And, uh, yeah, they played great. Uh what do you got to say about it, bro? I'm pretty excited with the whole game. It was it was a great game. You know, like you said, it was really close. It was 14-10, about to go into half. And then um, the Packers, they got a, they stopped them on no, – no, the, It was yeah, 21-10, the, yeah, I'm pretty yeah, sure. No, I was getting to that. The, yeah, Bucks, yeah. the Bucks went for it on fourth and one. Mm-hmm. Uh, got the first down with like 10 seconds left. You didn't even think there was much of it. And then a Hail Mary to Scotty Miller. Great catch, throw, man. Yeah, it was absolute game changer. You're like, wow, 21-10? I didn't really see that coming. And then – 
the Bucks kind of ride rode that momentum on the defensive end. Um, I think they had two turnovers and didn't Aaron Rodgers have two picks? Um, he had one yeah, pick. He, he, had one he pick. threw one INT. Um, but yeah, that Bucks defense just really kind of stepped up for them in big situations. Um, like you said, we'll get that um, that decision to go for it or to kick it instead of going for it when down eight. Um, it really only happened because I think if they were down seven, they would have just immediately gone for it. But because it was eight, they're like, yeah, we're going to kick it. Yeah. But the only reason it was eight is because they failed a two-point conversion earlier that made no sense to go for it at the time. And the guy just dropped it. Yeah. It was crazy. And it was 28 to 23 at the time he drops it. It would have made it a three-point game. But I mean, like it made sense to go for it, but like – yeah, you kind of put yourself in that weird situation, and when you're down eight, I don't, I didn't see a reason to um, kick it, kick it because Same. it was it was a fourth and nine from the or a fourth and goal from the nine. Yeah, uh, and I just like those odds with Aaron Rodgers. I don't like giving them back the ball with a chance to close the game out. You'd have to you you'd um it wouldn't have mattered because like you'd been giving them back the ball and you'd have to make a stop either way. Mm-hmm. I'm it's just saying you're at the nine. That amazing. You got the MVP on your side. I would at least take your chances with that. And even the, though since even though you're going from the nine. I exactly. Mean, and, only and, depend and on people, your defense that's been getting torched all night. Exactly. Their defense, although they had three picks, like Tom Brady still had control of that game you felt like. And it's Tom Brady. Yeah, you're not going to give him the ball at the end of the game. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, I want to get a stop against you when he has proven time and time again you're not going to stop him in the clutch. Yeah, for um, sure. But – just the overall decision right there, I, I didn't like it all. It kind of screwed them out of that game. But that third third, uh, third and goal, that play was where a bunch of controversy came from even before the call not to go for it, was when Aaron Rodgers, he stepped up in the pocket. He had Devontae Adams towards the middle of the field. The other guys were pretty covered up. And he had a lot of green grass, especially from the angle on TV. Mm-hmm. It looked like he could have literally like crawled into the end zone. He had so much room. Yeah. But when you looked at it from his point of view, like it shows like the backwards camera angle, um, you can see the cornerback on Devontae Adams is kind of like standing there, like ready to run at him. So the best he really could have gotten was the four-yard line, which I guess wouldn't have been terrible, but it's not like he would have scored. And also Jason Pierre-Paul was in front of him, who definitely probably could have chased down Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Not that Aaron Rodgers is slow, but Jason Pierre-Paul is a pretty good athlete. And just based off how Devontae Adams and him have been playing the entire year, you, take that you can see Devontae Adams breaking open, and which he did yeah. kind of get open for a second. Aaron Rodgers and him complete that pass like nine times out of ten almost. Yeah, I thought, I thought he was going to catch it. I, yeah, I thought that was – I, I didn't blame him Perfect for Perfect play it. call. I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. So, so they yeah. don't get that, and then they kick it, and then the game's over, really. Pretty much. And it sucks for the Packers because, well, yet again, the, they come up. The P.I. call at the end, that was kind of – it was P.I., though. Okay, yeah, but, like, I was saying, like – it was, Yeah, it was basically over. I'm yeah, just saying, I'm like – I say the, Buc- the Bucks went on to end it. Right, right. Um, But I was going to say, if you want to talk about that P.I. call – It was a P.I. Because people were like, well, you heard Troy Aikman calling the game. He's like – you could kind of tell that he's kind of against it a little bit. Like it was obviously PI, but he was saying like how they've, they've been, been playing call- the whole game and how they've been calling it. You, I don't know if you should have called it there, but it was blatantly. I mean, the guy was if they, it would have been for the Packers and they were on offense and they did it. They're like this. How could you not call that? Oh my goodness, that's such a PI. Yeah, uh, they'd be saying the complete opposite. So yeah, I, it was definitely PI. Um, and the Bucks ended up winning. Um, whether it was whether you thought it was or or not, uh, they made the right call in the field. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bucks won this 31-26. to They're moving on to the Super Bowl. And then the next game we had was the AFC Championship at 640. And that wasn't even much of a game. Um, well, it was at first, it, it and was. Then it wasn't. <laughs> Bills come out 9-0. Yeah. Uh, really thought – a bunch of people were high on the Bills, especially with Patty Mahomes' injury. We even had our doubts. Yeah. But the Chiefs kind of showed up like, yeah, we're the Chiefs. Like, we're, we're don't, not we're, – don't put us on the level of the Bills. Yeah. Um, uh, and they kill them here 30-24. The Chiefs had control of the game the whole time whole after time. that uh, 9-0 spurt. They had a drop touchdown or would have been touchdown from Tyree Kill early in the game. Right. 
and then they come around, they get up back up to 14-9, and they kind of cruise from then on out. For sure. Um, just some stats in this game. Josh Allen was 28-48, 287 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Patty Mahomes was 29-38 of 38 for 325 yards, three TDs, and no INTs. Um, I was impressed with the Chiefs team, to be honest. They came yeah. out and they played. Although they didn't come out to the like the fast start, which they sometimes do and then fizzle out, they came out and like closed the game, which is what I like to yeah. see from them. They they scored and capitalized on moments when they needed to, and their defense kind of I didn't I don't say they like shut down Josh Allen, but they did not let them run the ball at all. They definitely contained and, him well enough. And they like tried to limit the passing game. I was proud of this Chiefs team, and I think the Super Bowl matchup is going to be really interesting, especially because of how good this Bucks defense has played. Yeah, I want to see them face this high-powered Chiefs offense, which although Patrick Mahomes does not look 100%, he still has like the greatest weapons in football right now. He has the best tight end in football. People are, Travis Kelsey, if you look at the stats, is yeah. if he does this for one more year, it probably won't even be a debate for who the greatest tight end is. Between him and is. Gronk, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think um, he could take it over Gronk if he does this for one more year. Yeah. And – um. Also, you have Tyree Kill, who's a top five receiver. Fastest guy in the league. Yeah. yeah I mean, so, this is going to be a great matchup. And, I mean, the Bills put up a good fight, but they really didn't Yeah, they didn't have the firepower or the, really didn't have the defense to hang, hang with them. Yeah, we had concerns, or I had concerns at least, about this Bills defense, you know, since that Colts game. They did not look great. Uh, the Colts, they drove into Bills territory every possession. It was just missed opportunities. And I said, the Chiefs aren't going to miss their opportunities. You know, the, the Bills, they get up, they go up uh, 3-0, and then um, Miko Hardman muffs that punt, and they go up 9-0 because he misses the extra point. And then out of nowhere, the Chiefs go boom, 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 21-9, and the, they score three straight drives on this Bills defense. And we're like, okay, yeah, this is what we kind of figured would happen because this Bills defense, there's no way they're stopping Kelsey and Hill. And I feel like was, that's going to be the same thing with Tampa Bay. Tam- Don't get me wrong, Tampa Bay has a lot, be- a much better defense than this Bills team. But if you if you just look at like who's going to stop Hill, who's going to stop Kelsey, and then whenever that that uh, and let's say they do contain him, you still got Pat Mahomes throwing the ball to him, and you know he's the best quarterback in the league. I don't know how this Tampa Bay team's beating them. They do have Tom Brady on their side. I wouldn't want to bet against either one of their quarter these quarterbacks. Just exactly. the, just I feel like you got the best tight end, you got the best quarterback in the league. Then Tyreek Hill, who's virtually unguardable on every play, it felt like against the Bills. I don't know how they win, and then. And then, but one thing I wanted to say is I felt like the Bills, you know, they never really had a shot, but I was pulling for the Bills in this game. So I kind of had like a glimmer of hope at the end whenever they, uh, it was 38 to 15. They go down, they score. It's 38 21. And I'm thinking, okay, kick the field goal here. Mm-hmm. And they decide to go for two. I'm thinking, why would you not just kick the field goal? You go for the two on the next play. You make it a 16 point game because now if you don't get it, it's 17 point game. It's a three score game. Yeah, three, it's a three score game. And Tony Romo was kind of saying the same thing I was thinking. And, and then right it. after that, they get they get the onside kick, and that even made me even more mad. Not saying they had a huge, they didn't, they had like what probably less than a five percent chance to win. Yeah. But I'm just saying it's 38 22. Then you get the ball, you score, you get another two point conversion. It's 38 to 30 now. Who knows what will happen? There's still two minutes, 40 seconds left. You have all. And there was four minutes when they had yeah. that ball. And, and you, have all, you have all three of your timeouts. You know, maybe by some luck you get a turnover. You're able to stop this team. Um, odds are you wouldn't have been able to because you haven't been able to do, been able to do it all night. But who knows what would happen? So that kind of irritated me a little bit. But uh, other than that, yeah, just a great game by this Chiefs team. Pat Mahomes. He looked like regular Pat Mahomes. It didn't even look like this concussion phase. And maybe it's because I, I don't think it was the concussion. I mean, maybe just the Bills defense played so bad. Yeah, that. But yeah. We talked about it. I wasn't more worried about the concussion mm-hmm. as I was the foot, just because 
you saw saw you <laughs> saw him throwing uh, in the game that he got hurt, and he was being really ginger on that foot, yeah. and you could see it was affecting his throws. Um, so that's the only thing I was really worried about. And he didn't run like as uh, he well. didn't run at all. He didn't want to. Yeah, he had one little scramble I remember, yeah. but he didn't really like run that hard, and he was like kind of not gimping around, but he was not running full speed. But it didn't matter because of how just he didn't a, have to a crazy this, this offense, crazy good well. this offense is, yeah. yeah, and how he has so many weapons he can just throw to. Yeah, but um, this is a, I'm excited for this uh, Super Bowl matchup. Like we said, we were talking on the last podcast. I would say the one I was most excited for was probably this one, and then Packers Chiefs would be second most. Yeah, just because Rodgers and uh, Mahomes had similar quarterbacks. But now it's become really just a battle of the old goat or. The goat versus the could be oh, new up and coming goat. Yeah. yeah, so I'm gonna be excited for this battle. I really want to pick the Bucks just because I've been talking about them so highly for the last like six weeks, and they've been literally on a seven zero tear. But I think the Chiefs are gonna win. Uh, I do too. I'm saying, shoot, it's gonna be high scoring. I'm gonna say 35, 38 to 30. 38 30. I no, think yeah, 38 30 or 38 28. It's gonna be like a 10 to eight point game. I think. I'm gonna say Chiefs. I'm going to say the Chiefs win. The Chiefs do like to win close, though. I'm going to say Chiefs win 31 to 20. 31 20? I see it being around like 17 10 at halftime, Chiefs winning. And then they just kind of like. I can, uh, I can hold see on the Bucs winning, winning, though. I can see the Bucs winning. It's, I can, not, it's yeah, not crazy. Anytime you have Tom Brady and then the weapons he has around him, I could see them winning. Mm-hmm, just, exactly. But the, you know, what the Chiefs have on their side of the ball. You'd rather – I think the safer bet is obviously the Chiefs. You have Andy Reid as your coach compared to Bruce Arians. And then you yeah, have the best that, the, really the biggest difference is you can say the offenses, you can almost just call them a wash. Almost. You could probably give it to the nod to the Chiefs just because you're taking Patrick Mahomes over Tom Brady. Just, at this point. At this point, just because he's better right now, yeah. although Tom is the more clutch quarterback who you want. I'm still going to take Patrick Mahomes a little more. And then I guess weapons-wise, I would say you give the running backs to – uh, the Bucks. They run, I agree. they run the ball a little better. Jones and Fournette are better. Yeah, Jones and Fournette's a better duo than banged up Clyde Edwards Hilaire and then Williams, and, Damian Williams. Yeah, because Le'Veon Bell's out. Right. Um, and then receivers they stack up pretty evenly. I'd say Tyreek Hill and uh, is Watkins playing this game? He didn't play the championship game. I'm not for sure. He's not that big of a deal. They can put in Pringle yeah. and uh, Miko Harmon, but yeah, I'd probably I think I think I, AB Godwin and Evans is better than Hill and Pringle. Yeah, I was lumping uh Kelsey kind of in the hard receiving core with them. Well, if you yeah, if you put in Kelsey, maybe the and, edges, then, you, and then you put Gronk geez. with uh them. I still I think the Bucks have a little bit better, but sometimes maybe. But, but so like, it could it could actually no. I'm gonna say Wash because uh they have a top five wide yeah, receiver and the Bucks don't. I mean the Bucks have Mike Evans who's top ten, but he's not top five. And then the tight end goes to the Chiefs, yeah. so it's pretty even on the offensive end. And then defensively, this Chiefs team, I mean, we give them crap, but they kind of they didn't shut down this Bills offense, but they maintained them. Right. And that's all this Chiefs offense has to do if they know how their offense is playing or this Chiefs defense has to do. If their offense is playing well, all they have to do is just limit the team. They don't actually have to be like a right. shutdown defense, like yeah. getting stops. They just have to limit and force field goals when needed. And you can say the same thing for Tampa Bay's defense, just having to con- – contain the Chiefs offense, but honestly I feel like yeah on paper it looks like the wide receiver is better than yeah, the Bucks. And, and just chemistry and the way the offense flows, I just give that to the Chiefs see, all day. The, the reason I want to pick the Bucks is because of like just how great their defense is playing and how much like hype and just everything that their defense has brought to the team. They're hot. So many turnovers just playing great. They're yeah. all over the field. Five turnovers five takeaways in the past two games. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Um and I love how Devin White's playing um, I thought getting him back yeah. after that Washington game was huge, and it showed. Um, 
But just the reason I can't pick them to win this game is because they rely heavily on big turnovers and like just big plays by their defense to them to step up. And I don't I don't see their defense yeah. being able to, I think their defense will play all right, but I don't see them making the huge plays, getting the big turnovers on a Chiefs offense that is way too smart to be making silly mistakes like yeah, that. I, I just don't see the Chiefs offense having any well not any, but like making any crucial mistakes. Yeah, Pat Mahomes isn't Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh Patrick Mahomes ain't messing around. Yeah, he's not gonna and I don't think Brady will have that many turnovers either either. I don't see either one of these quarterbacks uh, having that many That's turnovers and, be high scoring. and and I think Levante David and you know Devin White these guys will be can 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 contain the run but honestly I don't see this Chiefs uh, team running the ball that much because you could just do like a five yard underneath route to Kelsey and that's like the equivalent to a five yard run I don't you can't guard Kel it's like so hard like you could do Kelsey's gonna have like over hundred yards over like twenty targets I feel like in this game and they'll just be throwing little out routes to him and. Uh, Tyreek Hill to the outside, and you just can't guard that. And then I'll act like, you know, a run in a sense. And I just feel like they'll be able to do that all night. And I just don't see this Tampa Bay defense stopping them. Um, on paper, like I said, it looks like, you know, the Bucks wide receiving core from like, if you go from an individual to individual, yeah, the Bucks have a better receiving core. Just the way this offense has flown uh, or, you know, molded and just the chemistry of this offense mm -hmm. as far as the Chiefs go, I think it's just stronger than this Bucks team. And then I, I feel like, uh, coaching is a, a lot to do in exactly. the Super Bowl, and, and I think you just give the edge to uh, Andy Reid. And it's a big team. edge to Andy Reid over Bruce Arians because Bruce Arians has done some questionable things yeah. and screwed up some games with his different decision-making, and Andy Reid has proven that he can win the big games and win the big game in the Super Bowl. Yeah, but um, don't. But, but if this game's close, like let's say it's like three-point game um, in the Chiefs' favor or something, or like if it's just a close game in general uh, – don't count out Tom Brady, man. It's hard they to can, pick out, uh, it, not pick him in a game like this. Yeah, if it's within like record. if it's within like seven points, or the Bucks are within seven points with like six minutes left, and even if the Chiefs or the or Tampa Bay has the ball, I would I'd be like I'd be thinking it's like a 50-50 shot of who, who wins the game just based off of you have Tom Brady on the side of your ball. I think if it's a high scoring game, it definitely favors the Chiefs because yeah. I don't think the Bucks offense or just I don't think the Bucks in general can hang with the Chiefs points wise. Yeah. Um. But if it becomes like a defensive battle in a low-scoring game, I really like the Bucks there just because I see if their defense is getting after like that and forcing turnovers and keeping the game low-scoring, yeah. they're going to be like just in their element, and that's exactly what they want. They want to keep it low-scoring and let like Tom Brady take it on the last drive to win the game yeah. in like a 21-17 to 17 kind of game. Exactly. That's what they want. Um, so depending on how that goes is how I see the game going, but I'm still taking Chiefs just because the reasons we named right. offensive firepower, yeah. especially coaching. Exactly. Yeah. If we're wrong, if this game ends up being sloppy and Pat Mahomes is like two picks and you know, this, this Tampa Bay defense is getting, um, takeaways like they had the last two games, then I could, uh, then yeah, I, I would definitely probably take the bucks. I, I take the bucks in a more sloppy game, but for the reason, like you said, for the reasons we just named, I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Chiefs don't commit many turnovers, and their offense will just be too much for this Tampa Bay defense. So, yeah. Yeah, those are predictions for the Super Bowl. We're probably going to do one more podcast before then, give more thoughts on this game. And, uh, yeah, we're going to take a quick break before we get to the NBA part of this podcast. And we are back for the NBA part of this podcast. Uh, we're going to be going over guest the line, some other NBA uh, topics, and just – talk in general um Chandler was up 2-0 going into last week's uh or the last time we did guest lines it's 2-1 now um I won last week uh 
Blazers-Grizzlies was one of the games that we had picked. That game got postponed, so it was only four games that we picked from. The Nuggets and the Thunder were one of them. The Nuggets beat the Thunder 119-101. to I had the Nuggets by eight in that game. Uh, Chandler had them by seven, so I won that. So that gave me a 1-0 advantage. Then the Pelicans lost to the Jazz 102-118. to um, Again, I had the Jazz by eight. Uh, Chandler had them by like six or something like that. Um, so I take the lead 2-0 now. Then we both picked the Nets against the Heat, and the Nets lost to the Heat. So basically – You mean the Cavs? I mean to the Cavs, my bad. The Nets lost to the Cavs 147 to uh, 135. So then those – That's when Colin Sexton went yeah. absolutely insane. Right. He and then 42. It was a pretty crazy game. And then there was really only one game left, and that was the Sixers versus the Celtics. Uh, I had the Sixers by eight on the dot, and they won by eight. So I ended up winning uh, – Three three to zero, but uh, overall I was like three and one, and Chandler was zero and one in like predictions because we lost the Nets game thing. Mm. So yeah, Chandler leads two one in the series. But before we get to the guest lines today, just some NBA topics to talk about. First, Chandler, I wanted to ask you, Russell Westbrook. Um, this Wizards team's like three and ten, three and eleven now. They just lost to the Rockets the other night. I'm pretty sure didn't they just lose mm-hmm. the Rockets? Yeah, they did. Uh, the Wizards may be on the outs with him, and it's really kind of sad to see because he has not been playing well. He's not been like the Russ of old and the Russ we've been used to seeing. And, you know, he's only like 32 years old. I feel like he can oh, still be – you just said that's where you misspoke, only 32. 32 is old for a point guard. Yeah, but and Steph Curry's 32. Yeah, exactly. You know, Steph Curry is a top 20 player of all time. Russ, I know. Russ isn't that. Exactly. Good. But my point is is I think I think Russ still has some gas left in the take. He's putting up – solid numbers is just these numbers aren't leading to wins right now. I mean, he has like a hundred and something shots for like the exact same amount of points, which is like a terrible. Yeah, exactly. The the thing that he's got to work on is his shot. He's uh, he's he's 37% from the field, 30% from three. His stats may look good, but it's very misleading to, uh, you know, the wizards winning games. The wizards are doing terrible. And his win share is negative. Uh, 0.4, which is not good. His player efficiency rating is 12.3, which is like nine nine down from like his career player efficiency efficiency rating. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't I couldn't spit it out. So yeah, he has not been playing solid, but it's just kind of it's kind of uh, sad to see because the Wizards, you know, I don't think they want him on the floor right now. I don't know what the Wizards were thinking when they made the deal in the first place. They gave away. I know they got rid of the contract with John Wall, but John Wall was already a fading point guard, and you got got rid of him to get another fading point guard in Russell Westbrook. I think John Wall would have been a better keep. Yeah, right I mean, at this point, yeah, for sure, because Russell Westbrook is not playing like Russ of old, like you yeah. said. He has not looked like himself, and this Wizards team just hasn't looked good together at all. And you definitely want to see them get a clean slate and just move on, maybe trade Bradley Beal for a ton of depth yeah. and get rid of Russ for just, I don't even know. Just rebuild. But it really sucks to see that Russ has gone down this end. I've been someone that backs him up time and time again. I still think he's better than Dame all time um in the all-time debate not right now not even close yeah but all time i still make that argument for him because of his triple doubles and just what he did for those like probably five year spurt um with the thunder um i do like you said he still has gas in the tank but he's just not playing good basketball right now and you don't even want him on the court like you said uh it, he's just not playing efficiently at all yeah. and it's tough to watch especially because bradley beal is literally getting a bag right now averaging 34 five, points per yeah. game which is literally insane and just to have Russ, who can't even, like, work with him. Um, I think it's also because Bradley Beal's kind of not a ball-dominant guy, but he likes the ball in his hands, yeah. and that is what Russ kind of needs. Um, I, I wish Russ had a number two or could be a number two to someone like KD again or someone mm-hmm. like LeBron or someone that is, like, super elite because I think Bradley Beal's good, but he's not, like, 
a clear number one over Russ, like far, like way above. Like he's not like a superstar. Russ, like yeah, he's not a superstar to where Russ would be like, yeah, I'm gonna take a for sure second option. Yeah, and I mean, we saw when he did that. We've already talked about this like debate with Russ, but um, we saw when he was that clear number two back in OKC is when they, he was at his max like success and playing the yeah. best with a team that is not statistically, but best with a team. And I don't think Bradley Beal carries that uh, load as like that number one overall leader that Russ can play next to. I mm-hmm. think he can put up the points. He can be a great scorer, but I just don't think he's that overall like team leader and their team isn't good, which I mean, you can yeah. say what you want about the NBA and being like a, you need a few good players and you're good. You got to have some depth and this Wizards team has none. They're not even good just with their starting five. Um, so I don't want to like just blame all of this like terrible games because yeah. I mean I think they're like what three and they're like three and ten yeah three and ten I don't want to blame all like their losses and just all the failures of the team on Russ which mm-hmm. is kind of what we're doing but he has played yeah, terrible it, terrible for us right. to even try to make an argument for him yeah it's not it's definitely not all on Russ um this team they're like they're like in the bottom half for sure I know that but like probably around like 20 24th in, as a def- like a defense defensive team overall like their uh defensive rating as a team is like probably around like 20 they're, they're, they've been awful so that doesn't fall on Russ because Russ historically has been a good defender and I don't even think you know this year he's been bad on defense just the thing that's holding him back and the reason why the Wizards are kind of like okay we don't really need him on the floor is he can't shoot and um and to be a guard and to be like you know looking for him to be like one of the best players on your team, the second best player on your team, you got to be able to shoot the ball. And he's like 61% from the free throw line as well. It's just like shooting in all facets of the game has been hurting him. And my point is, is like, well, you might say, well, why are the Wizards like, hey, he can't shoot, so we don't want him on our team. But the difference, you know, there's plenty of people on the Wizards team who who, who may not be able to shoot, but we still want him on my on you know the team you might be like well why is this different for russ well russ is supposed to be the second best player on on the team right now and uh he hasn't been playing to what you know the expectation they want him to be playing at so now you think about hey well let's trade russ for somebody maybe younger somebody we can you know pair alongside bradley beal for the time being or just go full rebuilding process and trade both of the guys I think they should go full and, and, I, and i agree too but so I, I wanted to kind of clarify that and be like well you know russ he hasn't been playing well, and you know he's supposed to be the second best player on the team. And the reason why they'd be on the I outs think, is because he's not living up to that expectation. I think Bradley Beal's doing a lot for the team, obviously leading him yeah. in scoring, but he's not doing enough to where Russ can carry that second load. Because I no. don't think Russ, at the point of his career where he can be that clear number two, no, I don't think he can like maintain just like his style of play just doesn't translate yeah, it, to it, winning. He can be a number two and like have success, but I think the number one on the team has to be. All like, like a all, all defensive and all, all offensive because Bradley Beal, I would say, is all offensive, but he, he he's, not, he's, he's not much of a defender at all. No. And this Wizards team is just getting routed defensively, right? Um, so maybe I would like to see Russ to have success and actually be able to like win. I would he'd have to play along literally LeBron or Kawhi, or yeah, or, or KD again, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but the, the KD situations can't happen, so yeah, the only two exactly. possibilities would be the Clippers or the Lakers. And Russ is getting to the age where he really only has like two to three more years left in him, maybe four, just because he's such an athletic phenom. But point guards usually don't last this long, so he's got to learn how to shoot to last, though. Because exactly. I think that's part of the reason what we're seeing right now mm-hmm. with him doing Perfect. bad is because he can't shoot the ball. And mm-hmm. you see all these other point guards like Dame, like Steph, and the reason why they'll last long in the uh, league is because they have a skill and that Even skills. CP3, he can yeah, shoot too. yeah, they can all shoot the ball. And you know when you become one dimensional. 
like Russ is right now, then it's so easy to guard, so easy to game plan for. And then on top of that, you know, his he he, he commits a quite a bit of quite a bit of turnovers in a game, and and just in you saw it last year with the Rockets, he just didn't know his place on the court. And I think now yeah, that's when I, not to cut you off, but that's yeah. when I really realized I've been advocating for him to be still like Russ of old, Mister yeah. Triple Double, Mister Get a Bag, Mister. Mm-hmm. He can really put a team on his back, like and literally carry the load throughout a whole season. But I think it's just gotten to the point where kind of guys know how he plays. Yeah. Um. They know that it's he like can't Giannis. Play. They're like, it's yeah, like shoot Jim. the ball, shoot the ball. Yeah. They play those guys like that are drive first and defensive guys are like shoot the ball. Come on, we're a shooting league now. I don't know if anything has told us from this year. We just named those three guys, like you said. You said Giannis, Ben, and, and Russ, uh, yeah. who have all ran into brick walls offensively. Those three. Yeah. Giannis can't shoot at the free throw line. Exactly. Ben has an advance offensively, and Russ's shooting is literally crippling him more than Ben's almost. Down. Down. Yeah. yeah, it's gone down. It wasn't yeah. like his shooting a bold, which wasn't even that good in the first place. But it was but, at least where we saw him playing so, at an MVP level. Yeah, exactly. He won an MVP. Decently. Yeah, like like it's been like a, my, our point right now is that his, the way he's been shooting has been such a drop off. From in the past, like even 2019 with Paul George, at mm-hmm. least they were making the playoffs. But like ever since the playoffs of last year and then now, his shooting's gone like down the tubes. Like you can literally stand at like the free throw line or beyond that or a little bit past that and let him shoot the three mm-hmm. or shoot from anywhere. Like his mid-range has been his bread and butter. And right now he's 30%, 37% from the field. That's not good. And that's, yeah. that's one of the reasons, you know, the Wizards just want to get rid of him. I have a question. Would you trade Russell Westbrook straight up for Shea, uh, Shea Gillis Alexander? Yeah, I would too. I don't think the Thunder would do that though. The Thunder, and all, all, they just, they just, yeah, the Thunder. Russ just left the Thunder, so that wouldn't make any sense. But I'm trying to figure out like where would Russ work best right now? Would I don't you do know Russ for like RJ trade. Barrett? Uh, nah, I wouldn't. I don't think any person with a young star that has a chance to become something is going to trade anyone for a declining vet who is showing that he's on the downward spiral of his career. So I'm just, um, and I'm, I'm just more disappointed. Not in Russ, just that his play style can't work as a number two with a less like flashy superstar. Because I would think maybe in that aspect with having Bradley Beal, he could like try to be that number one because you know he likes to be oh, like the number one option. Yeah. And maybe that could like make him a one A and one B, or at least if they're a one and two, he can still do a lot. But it just hasn't worked at all. And I don't know if I'm putting too much blame on the team, like we said we could we could be doing, but. Regardless, they just haven't looked even like remotely good, mm-hmm. regardless of winning or not. So I think it's just time for a switch up and they gotta do something about that. I agree. So like if we were to think about it, where do you think um Russ would Russ should go and where do you think Bradley Beal uh, should go as far as like like trade concerns? Like what do you think would be good trades for Russ and like a good trade for Bradley Beal? Maybe not a package duo, just separate. Uh well, I've heard rumors of Bradley Beal getting traded to the Sixers. Yeah, we talked uh, about that Simmons. a little bit. Those that's the only really one I've heard, but I don't think that's that's not even a real rumor. That's just a scenario that could be like yeah. an even trade or like or like a good fit. Yeah, a good fit. But there I don't know any teams that are willing to give up what the Wizards are gonna price him at, and deservingly mm-hmm. so because he is leading the league in scoring, and yeah, he does do some things extremely well. So I wouldn't want to give him up unless I'm getting, like, the house. Yeah. So I really couldn't tell you where. Maybe the Mavs. Um, they could use someone like him. Beal? Yeah, someone to compliment Luka. Oh, Beal and Luka would be crazy. I just don't know who I'd give up for him. I don't think the Mavs have anyone they could give him. I mean, it'd have to be, like, Porzingis. Porzingis and another guy. But I don't think they'd take it because they have Thomas Bryant. They already have a kind of good center. I don't know if they want – I mean, obviously, Porzingis is better, but I don't know if they would – Give up Bradley Beal for that? Maybe not. Maybe not. But if it, 
Bradley Beal would have to do like what Harden just did, like go absolutely. Like, uh, I'm not playing. Though, I'm not said, helping this he, team. He unless, won't though. He won't. But I'm because saying that's what he'd have to do. He, he said multiple times he wants to retire in Washington, but I think he if, loves Washington. He yeah. doesn't want to leave. If things get ugly, he's gonna want to leave. And I don't think. I think that's part of the reason why we haven't heard so many trade rumors is because he loves it there. Exactly. But and, uh, yeah, it's definitely gonna be interesting to see how this Wizards thing plays out. I bet some moves will be made this year, at least regarding Russ. Um, probably not Bradley Beal, yeah. but we'll leave a poll on which I'll think about the just declining of Russ's career. But to get to these games that are going on tonight, um, the Lakers play the Sixers on ESPN. I know we literally, I literally just got league pass, worried about watching all the Sixers games, and they're like, "Yeah, Sixers game on TV," which is kind of funny. But I'm hyped. You know, I'm glad we get to play some real comp. Um, the best team in the West. Everyone's saying that we're not legit because we kind of had an easy start to the schedule in the East, which is true. We haven't had the hardest. We played the Celtics two times without Tatum. Two big wins though, but. Um, you're still winning. Yeah, winning still winning games. games, although we've had a somewhat easy start, yeah. you could say. So I'm excited for this big test. I want to see how we can play against a West powerhouse. Yeah. Um, I love how Joel Embiid has looked. I know we talked about this last, last podcast, but he's on a mission, man. He is literally looking like the best shape of his career. He's looking dominant offensively, and our, our whole offense is looking amazing. And, yeah. sp- and defensively, we haven't skipped a beat from the last two years. We're still locked down. Ben Simmons is still looking great on the defensive end. And just as a team, we are. Tobias Harris has come back a lot. Um, so is the game in LA? I actually don't know. It's, it's, I think it's at Philly. It's in Philly. Okay. It's in Philly. And, okay, uh, nice. Um, I'm, I'm just taking the Sixers outright. Cause I'm assuming you have Lakers. Yeah. So I, yeah I'm taking Lakers outright. I, spread, but. I, I saw, I saw the other day, um, whenever the Sixers, I think I'm, I'm, I, who'd they play last Pistons? Yeah. They played every, every player in that game. Like every player had like at least five minutes and I'm thinking, man, this team's got a lot of depth. Uh, and you know Tyrese Maxey, uh, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid—they've been playing really solid, and so is uh, Steph Curry. We talked about Joel. He's, you know, it, it, it'll be interesting to see tonight because I think you got number one um, in the MVP race right now with LeBron, and you got number two with Joel. Yeah, they're battle, right there. battle of East versus West uh, there. That'll be really interesting to see. I've got Lakers outright. You've got Sixers outright for that game. Uh, so yeah, but moving on to the next game, it's the uh, Nets at the Hawks. This Nets team's eleven and eight. This Hawks team is nine and eight. Both teams are. Uh, sorry, sorry to cut you off. Yeah, what was the uh, Sixers and Lakers record? We're, We're y'all are twelve and six. Uh, Lakers are fourteen and four. Yeah, I knew we had twelve wins. Yeah, so uh, that's not bad. Yeah, the, I, I, the Nets are sitting like six seed right now. Yeah, five or six. Seed. Five or six, somewhere around there. That yeah, they're the five seed at a. Uh, at, at eleven and eight, and then the Hawks are the six seed at nine and eight. This Hawks team, you know, Trey Young's been balling as like as of the last two games. He just had like thirty eight points the other night. Um, I think they just played the Nets not too long ago, and they lost, didn't they? Mm-hmm. I know they won. I think they're one and one against the Nets in the year. They might be. They might have won both those games. I don't. I, I, feel, I, I think I, they're two and one. I'm pretty the sure Nets they lost year. like uh, the um, other night, or it may have been the Heat, or. I'm trying to remember who they just played. They just I'm pretty sure the Hawks are two and one against the Nets on the year. I could be wrong yeah. about that, but I'm like 99 percent positive. But regardless, uh, this Nets team has not looked good defensively at all. That's been some gaping holes. Also, just minutes wise, you know, they tired out Kevin Durant in that OT game last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, he sat for the next following game, which they again lost to the Cavs. Um, and Harden looked deadbeat in that OT game as well. Yeah. I mean, when you're playing that many minutes, understood, but still, these guys are. Stellar athletes, you're gonna want them on the court at all times. You don't For want sure. the, you don't want them resting. I mean, you you want them resting obviously when needed, but at the same you time, you also want to win the game. Yeah, you don't want to be giving away games, especially when you're you only, you're only a five seed and you really want to be a higher seed right. in the East. When it's, I mean, look, it's the East. Like, come on, if yeah. this Nets team is not top three in the East, I'm actually gonna have some questions about them. Like, 
for sure for championship. Already players. have questions of them right now because of the the uh, lack of defense and the lack of depth. Yeah, they made they made the Cavs look like an offensive powerhouse. They also made the yeah. Um, who was it? Oh, I'm just drew a blank on what team. Oh, it's the Magic. Yeah, the Magic put up like 120 on them or something like that. Um, and all these games they have been close. Like they played the Heat pretty close the uh a couple of nights ago, and they only won by like four. And then they played them uh last night or was it the night before last? Yeah, it was Monday. It was on Monday, and they won 98-85. That was a little bit more of a low scoring game, but uh, in a more of a defensive battle. But before that, they've been playing games. Oh my like, goodness, um, who was calling me? But before that, they've been playing games really, really clo- uh, close. And oh, it was that boy Grayson. Oh uh, yeah, that boy Grayson. But uh, yeah. Just a lot of gaping holes, like you said, in their defense. They got to step up. KD's been playing great. Kyrie, since he's been back, he's been playing really efficient and really good. And, you know, Harden's been playing efficient. It's just, will this translate to winning? I don't know. And I don't think it is. And right now, it's it's not translate. It's translating to winning, but not in the way that we've all expected. Mm-hmm. Like they should we've be always the, seen more dominant. Yeah. I mean, they lost to the Cavs twice. They've beaten the Heat twice. So they've been like two and two since like all three of them have been yeah. been together. And I think you would have expected them to be four and no. They should have beaten the Cavs both times. They should have beaten the Heat both times. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, the, the, the defense has just got to be better. Uh, for this game, though, I do have the Nets winning by five against, against this Hawks team. I just think, you know, the the Hawks aren't great defensively themselves. So if it gets into a high scoring match, I, I like the Nets. Uh, I could be wrong. It could, you know, the Hawks could I go mean, off like the Cavs did and surprise The Hawks me. definitely have the offense to hang with the Nets uh, just based on how bad their defense is. I've got the Nets winning this game, though. I see them coming out strong yeah. and actually closing a game for once because they've had some really close games, like you said, and they just haven't finished yeah. in some of them. So I'm going to go Nets win by four. Um, and they were, they're one and one right now against each other on the year. So this would be for the lead. Yeah. Um. But moving on to the next game, we have the Bucks versus the Raptors. This Raptors team has looked absolutely terrible. I don't know if it's because they're playing or they were playing in Tampa, mm-hmm. Florida. Wait, they were they playing in Tampa? I know it was Florida. I don't know if it was Tampa, but I'm not have, for sure. It might have been Orlando. I don't know exactly, but they Could were be. definitely in Florida. And uh, I don't know if that's the reason they just weren't playing by themselves because they weren't in their home like country of Canada. Yeah. But they played awful, and I mean Pascal Siakam has looked like an absolute baby. I mean, he yeah. he does his little same cheese spin move, and everyone sees it coming from two miles away. Yeah. No one is surprised by it. He's been absolutely clamped up. Um, defensively, they haven't been terrible. I mean, they have a good defenders with Kyle Lowry I, and Bam Bleet. I think they've actually been on a winning streak. Or like out of their last four, they've they've been like three of the last four. So I'm not for sure. They're seven and ten right now, and they started off like well, yeah. I mean, that means they were four and nine or something yeah, like that. So they've, they've been winning they've been winning games as of recent a little bit more. I still like the Bucks in this game. Oh, I didn't mean sure. to cut you off there. I was oh, just no, saying good. but uh yeah I mean the this Raptors team had higher expectations than seven and ten though that's for sure. I would have sure. I would have expected them to be maybe like a a at least at least a, a ten win team. At least a, at least a nine ten win team. Right not, now, not seven, as of right yeah, now, as of right now, yeah. yeah I, I don't see them. Be, I didn't think they would be this low in the East seedings. What are they right now in the East? Well, right now they're the um, ten seed, and you know, this, yeah, I predicted them as a what? I think a top four, top five. Yeah, there's there's still yeah, there's still a lot of basketball left to be played. Like right now, the four seed sits at ten and seven, and the three, the uh, two and three seed sit at two, uh, ten and six. So, um, yeah, this Raptors team, they could definitely still make playoffs, and I'm not counting them out yet. But right now, their most uh, consistent and reliable score has been Fred Van Vliet, averaging like 19 points per game. So, I don't know. This Raptors team, they got to be better. 
Um, I think they will be better. I think they'll uh, start to gel. You know, Kyle Lowry's still playing well. He's still that vet- he's still that veteran that you look to as a leader. Um, the coach is great, Nick Nurse. He's, Dude, he, I'm not I'm not cutting you off. Yeah. It's totally unrelated. You you can finish on the Raptors. This, this is unrelated, so you can finish on. Yeah, I was just saying, like Nick Nurse. You know, I feel like. Last year he was able to maximize every player's potential on this team. Mm-hmm. I think he'll get them back in order, and I think you'll start to see them winning more games. I think they'll be, yeah, I think they'll be like a six-seven seed at the end of the season and turn it around, kind of like the Rockets right now. The Rockets are starting to turn around, and I can see that their team chemistry starting to gel. I see them turning around. They're turning around right now. They're starting to win games. Siakam's got to be better. He's been put on like a. Uh, He's been put. He stopped out like a red light, kind of like Giannis and like Ben and these guys, and he's not growing. His game hasn't expanded from two years ago. It, it hasn't grown. He's just got to be better. But tonight, I like the Bucks by. I think I said I like them by nine. Um, just they're, they're just a better overall team right now. They're three seed in the East, and uh, yeah, I just I just like them by nine in this game. Yeah, uh, I see the Bucks rolling here. Mm-hmm. Um, this I was talking about the Raptors. They haven't looked good. They're starting to turn around, but they just haven't looked like the Raptors of old. Yeah. Um. So I'm taking the Bucks minus thirteen. I think they're gonna win this game. And wow. uh, I forgot to clarify this earlier. Um. We talk about it on every guess the lines, but um. Unlike our NFL guess the lines, where we are actually like guessing the game, yeah. Like lines, like what the Vegas has the set line at for the game. Mm-hmm. We're guessing more of who will win the game. We're not more of we are. We are guessing who will win the game and by what margin, unless we disagree on who wins the game. Then we're just picking right. straight up. But we're just guessing of how much we think a team will win by. And who's closest, basically? Yeah, um, but why I was when I cut you off about the Raptors, um, Grayson texted in the NBA Gurus, and he literally said he, there might be a chip in this room. Someone's listening to our live conversation, but it was a meme, and it said Westbrook has now made his fourth All Star teammate one out. Time to admit that he's a team problem. And he said, "I've always loved him, but at some point, I gotta face the facts." And it's that's true. literally exactly what I was kind of saying on this podcast. I had to face the facts of how much I love Russ, and yeah. I think he's a great player, but he's not the same player at all that he used to be. And he doesn't have the, I don't think the chops to be like a good number two for somebody right yeah, now. Yeah, and I kind of I've realized that probably the last two uh, over the past two years, ever since you know, kind of in that 2019 season, whenever Dame turned up and hit that game winner, I'm thinking, okay, this team, this this uh, Thunder team has Paul George, it has Russell Westbrook, and it has Stephen Adams. These three guys should be able to take care of this, you know, depleted uh, Blazers team, like. In that series, we were missing Mo Harkless, and we were also missing Nurkic. They they, they were both injured, and we forewarned them. And I'm thinking, okay, Russ, you talk about that. I'm just so I'm just saying. No, I don't talk. I'm just saying, like Russ's game has not translated to winning. That was kind ever of my, since that series. That's kind of my down. first sign. I'm like, okay, Russ is not as good as Dame. He's not as good as like Kyrie. He's not as he's not a. I don't know if he's a top five point guard or he's as good as what you know a lot of people think he is because yeah, he puts up the stats. He does a lot of that stuff. But his game doesn't translate to winning. You look at somebody like Kyle Lowry, like Jimmy Butler, a guy who doesn't get like a lot of statistics. I'm still taking them over Russ every day of the week, as far as right now in their career. Because right now, just emphasize right because now. of their game, because of how far they've taken I'm not their taking, teams. I'm not taking them over like, like, MVP Russ, but like, right uh, now, yes. Like I should make that very clear. Russell right Westbrook would never do what Jimmy Butler did. He could never do it. Not even in, in his MVP season, he couldn't have done it. Uh, you put him with the same team, I'm telling you, he wouldn't have been able to do it. He doesn't have the dog mentality. He doesn't have that. He's not the same type of player. He's not the same type of leader. Okay, now I'm, I'm going to have to start arguing for Russ now how you're slandering I'm just, him. I'm not slandering nah, It's nothing with his mentality. Maybe, hey, maybe we'll have some things come out because apparently I'm just like he's pissed off uh, Bradley Beal and wants nothing to do with Washington. But 
I'm just saying stats aren't everything. And I feel like uh, even 2017, yeah, that was his best form of himself. And it was even besides the stats, I'm just saying, like, I don't think his game, I don't think much has changed as far as, like, how his play style translates to winning. And uh, obviously it hasn't. He's, he's gotten worse is the thing. You know, before he was always a guy like, you know, a solid star, a solid you know, point guard in the league, a guy who you could take to like the seven seed being the best player on your team, but or maybe like a six seed or potentially a five seed. But he was never a guy where you're thinking championship, never in my mind, even as even in his MVP season. I wonder how you so, think of, of us looking at Dame. That's well, I don't think I don't thing. think I don't think Dame's a guy who can. Um, well, he took him to third in the West, dude. I don't care about that. Thing. He didn't stand a chance. Yeah, but it he was against like, the Warriors. Though, yeah, but it didn't matter. Like, exactly. It didn't I'm saying matter. it's still farther than uh, Russ ever took a well, team being the best player on a team, so that's my point. I'm saying Dane would still take a team farther than Russ being the best player on his team, even in that MVP. I season. think it depends a lot on the team and who, who you have around a guy. So I don't think you can just – Russ be, had Paul George around him. Yeah, just having Paul George doesn't mean everything, though. Like, you can't – I'm saying that, that it, it's, it's all situational, bro. You can't just make the claim that because Damian Lillard took a team farther – I know you're trying to say he took a team farther as the best player, but – Look at the team around him and like how they play. Yeah, that that Blazers team. That Blazers team was not as good as that Thunder team. But they were more cohesive. They played better together. But, I don't. I, I think that, that falls team, on. That falls. That, that exactly. A, but, no, no, remember when you were saying how the Bucks yeah. have better players, like just player by player at the wide receiver core, and like be, exactly when you look at them, just like player to player, yeah, they're probably better offensively. But they're not a better offense than the Chiefs. It's kind of like I know this is a, kind of a. Big comparison, but I'm trying to say with the Blazers, I feel like Damian. Maybe it's because he's a little bit of a better leader. I'm gonna give him some praise here. Exactly, but he that team played better around him. I don't, and I don't exactly, and I know maybe it's time for me to look in the mirror. Like I said, I kind of have at just with this whole podcast that maybe Russ is part of the problem for why his teammates can't play well around him. But at the same time, I'm not gonna just fully rip into the guy and blame. A bunch of playoff losses on him. I'm not trying when to blame like he, solely he on him. He had the mentality and he does have the leadership or did to where he could lead a team, especially if he's like a strong number two. Because I swear Kevin Durant has never screwed over someone more than him leaving Russell Westbrook. I don't know if we realize this. Yeah. Russ's career goes many different ways. It's kind of like with Kyrie. Without LeBron coming, Kyrie would have dwindled out and probably never been someone we talk about. Right. That's just my take. Kyrie, I think he's a great talent, but he could have been like a Kim Walker type player who just stays on a bad team, puts up numbers, mm-hmm. does his thing, but we never talk about him. And it's, the only reason we do is because LeBron wanted to come home and raise a family back in Cleveland. <laughs> and, look what, family. and look what he did. He gave Kyrie a, a, ring. Yes. a ring, and now he's got just the whole platform. And he's hey, – He's Kyrie, a great talent. Kyrie was great in that series, but yeah, but he's a great talent. Pointed Kyrie, Russ, those guys are natural twos in order to be like, yeah, everyone to win a championship, look, they got to be a and look what two. Kyrie's doing. He's like, yeah. you know what? I realize I'm a great number two. Let me get the best player to play with. And poor Russ, he, I don't know if he'd realize he was the number two. Maybe after the whole stuff with mm-hmm. Paul George, he maybe realized. But Kevin Durant leaving him. N- nothing could have screwed him more. Him staying with Kevin Durant and building yeah. a team there, a dynasty, or at least just still playing with him, would have elevated him and given him a better opportunity later on than just him being abandoned and having to force yeah. him to number one. And then we look at him go to Houston. He probably picked the worst teammate to play alongside as a number one with James Harden. I mean, look what Harden's realized. He's yeah. already gotten the heck out of there and gone to Brooklyn. Yeah. If that doesn't show well, you anything, it shows that it's either Russ or Harden are the problem, and we're going to yeah. figure it out. And well, right now it's looking like it's more of a Russ problem, but – I, I think it was, I wouldn't put it past Harden for it also to be a problem. I think it was well. more of Harden off the court 
Um, I can agree with no, that. I, I'm no, yeah, like off the court, and I don't think it's Russ's mentality. I'm not trying to say Russ okay. has a bad mentality. I'm trying to say like back to the Dane thing and stuff like that and like leading a team. My whole point, and you kind of proved it, was that, yeah, like an off-court leader, I think Russ is perfectly fine. There's been plenty of times where people love him as a teammate. He's always encouraging. But Russ's play style doesn't translate to winning. So when he, when he's on the basketball court, it kind of falls on him a little bit because you're supposed to be the best player on your team. you know. And if players can't play around you, that's kind of on him. And players can play around Dane. That's why his team did better is because Dane can kind of work in any system a little bit better than Russ because he's a better shooter. He's just – you know, it's just their play styles – it's just kind of like that. So my, that's my point. What you what you making a face for? It's, it's true. I, I, I agree with your point. Like my, Dane, my point Dane can be, I think Russ could be a number two and be a good number two still. Yeah. I still think he has it. I'm just saying but Dane is a better Dane, number one. I'm saying Dane can be, he can play with more different types of players. You know what I'm saying? Like he yeah. can be put into more situations and succeed than Russ. Russ has to be in a more selective place in like more specific to him, like having a guy like KD, having that's why I wanted to go yeah. to the freaking Lakers and play with LeBron so he can turn up. Russ, but, Russ in 2019 had more talent on his team than Damian Lillard, and you said it's about cohesiveness and stuff like that. Yeah, because he can't because, lead. I, and I exactly, agree. That's because I agree of he can't Lillard. lead. I think Dame's a better one than Russ is a exactly. one. Exactly. That, that was well, that, that was my point. It's just that's yeah. that cohesiveness and stuff like that. It comes from Damian Lillard mm-hmm. because on a talent standpoint, Russ's team was better. So I'm not trying to put it all on Russ, but as a you know supposed to be the best player on your team, the face of the franchise, you know a lot of that's going to fall on you because you're the guy. You know yeah. that's that this is your team, and you're expected to go this far because of the talent you have. And if you can't make that work, then you know it, it, you got to start looking. Well, is it play style? Is it his leadership? Is it stuff off the court? And I think it's just been his play style because you know off the court teammates say he's been a great leader. And then going back to the Rockets thing. Uh, James Harden, I feel like, was the guy was um, more the problem off court, and then Russ's play style was the kind of the problem on the court. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know. we're gonna take a quick break to get back. I got cut off at the end there, but yeah, we went on a whole tangent there with Russ and all that. But back to guess the lines, we're gonna finish that up real quick. Um, we both, I had Bucks minus thirteen. That was like so long ago. Yeah, felt like a year ago. I had Bucks minus nine. Uh, yeah. But for the next game, we're gonna do Nuggets versus Heat. Not going to talk about this game much, but um, Jokic is still in the MVP race. I would yeah. say he's number three. It goes, like you said earlier, LeBron, um, then Embiid, then Jokic. Um, but he's still putting up great numbers, but their team is just not like the same. Um, are they eight and eight or no, not eight and six? Are you talking about the Nuggets? Yeah, the Nuggets. Are the Nuggets eight? are 10 and seven. 10 and seven. They've wow. turned they, it around, man. They, turned, they were not doing that good to begin with, but they've turned things around. Um, defensively too. Yeah, and what's the Heat's record again? I They're forgot. six and ten, thirteenth in the East. That's not good. Yeah, the Heat have not looked good. Um, I'm taking the Nuggets to win this game. I got Nuggets winning by four. What about you, Payne? Yeah, I have the uh, Nuggets winning this game too. I have the Nuggets winning by seven, just based off of how they've been playing as a recent and how the net, uh, Heat have been playing um, as a recent. I just like the uh, Nuggets by seven here, and uh, yeah, Jokic has been balling out and stuff. But one thing I wanted to say real quick, uh, I saw a stat about Bam Adebayo. Um, it threw his – this is his what, – what what season is this for him now, third or fourth? I'm going to say third. It, I saw a stat like in the same number of seasons as Giannis to start the uh, league, his stats were like – Giannis' stats were like 28 rebounds, uh, so many assists on like um, 47% shooting. And Bam's been 22, 9, and like 7 on um, 
55% shooting or something like that from 85% from the free throw while Giannis was like 77%. Huh. And I thought it was kind of interesting um, how well Bam has been playing and he's just been flying under the radar. I don't think we hear as much talk, obviously, because his team's not as good as the Bucks or uh -huh. as good as Giannis is. But uh, I just thought it was kind of interesting. I also think it's because we hyped him up so much last year, like because the bubble and we were getting all excited because they played great in the yeah. bubble. And then they not him, but this is a team they've been underwhelming, so we haven't really. And Bam was always seen as the two, as the number two on the team, and Jimmy is the best player. And Giannis has always obviously been the number one on mm -hmm. his team and seen as the top five player. But yeah, but, uh, yeah, we're still both taking Nuggets in this game. Um, but to move on to our last game, uh, the Mavs played the Jazz. This Jazz team has looked great. They don't really have like a crazy good superstar. Mm -hmm. They rely on Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, but they've had Jordan Carson coming off the bench. He's looked great as their sixth man. He's prime for sixth man of the year. Um, also, Joe Ingles and Bogdanovich have been doing their thing. Um, so this Jazz team, although they don't have like a huge star, they still know how to win games. I don't think it'll translate to the playoffs when it comes to winning, but in the regular season, I think they'll get it done. And mm -hmm. I like them against this Mavs team because the Mavs look terrible. Luka, he's kind of trying to start getting things around. He's had great numbers as of recently, not to start of the season, but as of recently he has. But this, this Mavs team I don't like, and I don't – Without Porzingis, yeah. I don't really like the team at all. So I'm saying the Jazz win by eight here. What about you, Payne? Yeah, I've got the Jazz by five. I think the Mavs keep it close because they, they were a really good offensive team. Just they're the definition of off and on. The last five games, they've been five and five. They're eight and nine right now. I see them sliding in and getting to like that eight seed at the end of the year just because of how great Luka has been. You know, he's averaging probably like close to a triple-double right now. Um, I don't know the stats off the top of my head, but I'm guessing somewhere like 27, 10, and nine. That's the type of guy he's been the past year uh two or so and but i think we got to start giving uh credit to quinn snyder the the coach of this jazz team man uh, consistently that like the past three or four years he, they've been like a five seed or below i think they were a six seed last year but they were a really good six seed they took the nuggets to seven games and the nuggets went on to beat the clippers but i feel like we don't talk enough about how well quinn snyder's done with his team because Donovan Mitchell is the best player on this team. Don't get me wrong. Donovan Mitchell is a good player, but he's only like a top 20 guy. When you think about leading a team and a team being like a four or a three seed, I'm thinking of guys in the top 10 to top 12 range. And you got Donovan Mitchell, who's probably like, you maybe, know, maybe, top 20. maybe, maybe top 20. He may not be. And, uh, you know, this team's like a four, this team's a two seed right now. They're 13 and four. They're tied. They're one game uh, back from the Lakers, well, though they're not one game, they're half a game back from yeah, the Lakers because they have the same game. number of losses, just one get one uh, win away. So, yeah, this Jazz team, um, I've been really impressed and uh, credit to Quinn Snyder. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, just to review our uh, picks for how we see these games going, I had the Sixers winning, Payne had the Lakers. Yep. I had the Nets winning by four, he had them by five. I had the Bucks beating the Raptors by 13. He had them beating them by nine. Mm -hmm. He had the Nuggets winning by seven. I had them winning by four. Yep. And I had the Jazz by eight, and he had the Jazz by five. Five. Yep. Um, so those were our NBA guess the lines, really just predictions for the game. Mm -hmm. But um, we're going to take one more quick break before we get to – we actually forgot to say this earlier on, but we're doing Deeper Thoughts like we promised in the last episode. So, yeah, one more break before Deeper Thoughts. And we are back for the last segment of this podcast, the Deeper Thoughts segment. Last podcast, we promised to have a little bit longer of a segment this time around because we did not have Deeper Thoughts in the last, in the last podcast. Uh, same thing here. We're doing um, – I'm asking Chandler two questions. He's going to give me his uh, answer, and then we're going to talk a little bit about it. 
And uh, yeah, but Chandler has something to say about something we're going to add a little bit differently to this Deeper Thoughts podcast than uh, what we've done in the past. Yeah, we're also, um, so usually Payne asks me like a super thought-provoking, deep, deeper thoughts yeah. uh, question, and we both just talk about it. But this time, um, I'm also going to be asking him just some made-up scenarios and also some real scenarios that um, could I, I, translate everyday that, life. Yeah, because like, could, anyone could really relate to or has like probably seen something that is similar to it. And so yeah, I'm just going to be asking him a scenario and see how he would react. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can start off with your questions. Okay. For the first question I have, Chandler, which is worse, failing or never trying? Definitely never trying. I yeah. think uh, a bunch of people are afraid to fail. Yeah. I mean, it, definitely. I mean, I can admit to myself, I've been afraid to fail in the past Same. in different things. Um, I mean, you think about it in school, kids will literally not come to school because they're so afraid to fail, fail. a test. Yeah. I mean, exactly. I'm same way. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, there's just different things and people will just become like, like I said, too afraid to try. Yeah. And that should never be a, even a thought. I think at least to give an effort or like, like I said, try is much better than just accepting defeat. Yeah. That's kind of obvious. I feel like I but definitely it's a lot easier just to, it's a lot easier to live by that than it is just to say that. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite things that I've heard, you know, somebody say is actually from Kobe Bryant. He, uh, the first thing, like, it's actually two things. The first thing is he, he said that, uh, would you rather go like, somebody asked, would you rather be over 30 or over 9? He said over 30 because over 9, over nine means I lost confidence in my shot. I was afraid to miss my next shot, afraid to fail. Uh, but going over 30, that means I never lost confidence in my shot. Um, he said that, and I thought that's a really good mindset to have with anything. Cause if you're afraid, you know, to fail, you'll never try again and you'll never, you know, grow from that. And then, like you said, I thought that was a really good point you made about like being afraid to fail in school because you feel like you have so much pressure if you, you know, fail the test or something like that, it hurts your grade. So mm -hmm. you're like, okay. I want to, I don't want to fail. So I'm going to, you know, skip school today. So then I'll prepare now. But the thing is, is sometimes, you know, maybe if you go take that test and then you do fail, then that, that clicks in your brain. Like, Hey, I need to be prepared uh, for the next test because if I'm not, then I'll fail again. And that's something that, you know, like Kobe, Kobe also said, he said that, uh, if you ever feel nervous going into anything, that means you haven't prepared enough. So if you're nervous about taking a test because you might fail, that means you haven't prepared enough for the test. So maybe failing this one time will there uh, in turn, you know, make you want to prepare more for the next test so you don't fail again. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you just shared two great quotes from a great legend. Yeah. Uh, yesterday was a year ago today from the day that he passed away. God and bless his soul. Yeah. Um, we we'll miss you, Kobe, and, and all those guys, everybody, all the bellies, all those people. Yeah, that whole that whole helicopter crash, everything about that is yeah. so sad, awful. And just to talk about Kobe, I mean, he was a great player, and those quotes were really telling of his character yeah. and the kind of player he was. Yeah. And you saw that mentality, that Mamba mentality, took him to the heights that he is, and being a top great of all time in the league, and, and just a great, like a great human guy. father. Yeah, it, I remember. Oh gosh, I mean, yesterday really put me back to a year yeah. ago today. Or a year ago yesterday, yeah. when I was just getting that news, and it was a terrible day, man. Yeah, I, I can't even fathom into words mm -hmm. how just awful that whole thing is. And, yeah, it, it was. Um, but yeah, I was I was actually coming back from a church trip uh, whenever that happened, and my my mom saw like read it on like TMZ, and she was like, "Kobe Bryant just died." And me, and my dad, and I were like, "What? No, that's not true." You know, we're thinking like that's just something probably you know, made yeah, up and yeah. I go in and look it up on the computer and then it's all over ESPN. I'm a like, holy cow. And I just, 
I didn't want to do anything the rest of the day. I just sat on the couch watching ESPN and then just, you know, celebrating and honoring Kobe. And it was just it was just really sad, though. But, yeah, uh, where were you, Chan, whenever that happened? I remember I had just gotten into my car, and I literally, like, turned it on and started driving. And I got to, like – I was just scrolling through Snapchat at, like, a red light. Probably shouldn't do that. But I saw a story, you know, it was, like, R.I.P. Bean. And it was, like, a bunch of people saying R.I.P. Kobe, like, two or three stories. I was like – no way yeah and just i read all of it and it's heartbreaking man and he was such a inspiration to so many people including myself and i'm just yeah. thankful for the time we had with him he was gone too soon but like you said i mean literally this quote that we're talking about he left you know, a whole lot of the wisdom in the world exactly and his mama mentality and just like the yeah. his overall just everything he brought to the game was so important and uh, this literal random life question yeah. he has a quote that perfectly applies to it which just kind of shows the character he had yeah but um his process to everything he took in life whether it was sports you know he won an oscar like everything he uh applied himself in it was just unmatched and he succeeded a, in yeah his obsession with with everything was just it was you know you, you couldn't you know uh match that it was yeah. it was nuts and like yeah. he said it's much better to try than to just accept defeat yeah i definitely agree um but yeah you have one more question yeah one more question for you uh it's kind of similar to the last question but it's different but i kind of wanted to ask this because it kind of ties into the same sort of thing um if we learn from our mistakes why are we always so afraid to make a mistake sheesh that's like a, <laughs> that is a, that's a woke quote right? yeah that, that'll like that's more of just like a thought to put on your mind. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of answers to that question probably. I got to wrap my head around it real quick. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of how I could even respond to that. Uh, wow. I guess it's just because sometimes like failing and making a mistake is just such a bad and embarrassing feeling. It. You want to be kind of maybe perfect. Yeah, I mean that's what everyone tries like, to be. Me, myself, I'm kind of like a perfectionist. Whenever I used to do like soccer drills or stuff like out in the yard, like you might call me crazy, but like whenever I would prepare and stuff like that um, or train, if I went around a cone and hit a cone, I'd have to restart. Like if I was on like drill nine out of ten, I'd have to restart from one mm -hmm. and then do it over again because I wanted to get it exactly perfect. So, I, I mean, maybe – from the standpoint of failing to make a mistake, you might just be like, well, I'd rather just not, uh, I don't know. I, that's tough. That's tough. It kind of goes back to the failing, not trying thing. Cause if you were to fail, then you, you're no longer perfect in your eyes or you just made that mistake. I don't know. That's really, that's a hard question to answer. Uh, what, what do you, what would you say? I, I guess, like I said, people are just afraid of the shame and maybe the, yeah. like the what people will say for yeah. making a mistake, whether it's, um, in athletics, uh, school, just like in your social life, yeah. Um, in your work life, and much different family, it's different things. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna say I'm scared to make a mistake, but I guess there are times where I'm, like you said, trying to be a perfectionist, and I'm just like, I guess yeah. it ties in the last question. You wouldn't even want to give an attempt because you don't want to fail. And yeah, I, exactly. I, I guess it's it's like I said, it's way easier to be like, yeah, I. I'm not afraid to fail, but I guess when we look in the mirror in a lot of situations, like we said about the test and just mm -hmm. different things, you can definitely sense times where you are afraid to fail. For sure. And that's why, I mean, it's a super cheesy quote, practice makes perfect. That is literally applicable to everything. Yeah. And gosh, that is such a deep question. It is. It is. I you can, don't... I'm like trying to give an answer, but I don't even think I can like fully encompass. I kind of, I kind of like when you said, um, 
you know, you don't want to fail because you don't want to feel that shame or stuff like that. And, but in like, the thing is, is like, you know, throughout life, you're going to fail over and over, uh, like, you're and I think, or you're going to make a mistake yeah, over and exactly. over. Exactly. And I, this is hard to cut you off. Yeah. But I think a, a big proponent of that and why we get like the full, like, I guess the shame of making a mistake. And it's really just because we compare ourselves to others so much. And mm-hmm. that's just kind of the narrative society has pushed just throughout every, throughout the years. And especially in, when you focus on like teen life and just like, our age range, everyone is so comparing themselves to everyone else. And yeah. that directly ties through social media. I mean, Instagram is a perfect example and just everything you're looking at everyone's lives on their stories or on their post. And while I think social media is an extremely mm-hmm. overwhelmingly positive thing, more than it is negative, I would say like maybe not percentage wise, like nine yeah. to 10, that's like a guess. Yeah. But I think social re- social media is more positive than negative, but on the negative side, just the comparing yourself to everyone else and constantly like kind of, just self-hate on yourself mm-hmm. through saying like, oh, look at this person doing, I'm not doing that. Oh, look at this person being like a great human being. I'm not doing those things. Yeah. Oh, they're, they're making all these athletic feats. I'm not like that. Yeah. And that's just kind of the fear to make a mistake, the the comparison to like, so you're like I'm not good enough. Why, why try? Because if exactly. I don't try, then I'm going to receive all this hate, you exactly. know, and from people, all this. Mm-hmm, exactly. And uh, just like in the, in the question I was asking like uh, – well, you know that you'll like kind of learn from it. Like if if you learn from your mistakes, why are you failed to try? And it's it's not no, it's not so much that like it's more of like you're scared to grow from it because like yeah. you will grow, but it's that point where you failed and then you're like or you made that mistake and you feel guilty about it. And, and instead of even trying, you don't want to deal with that guilt because you know yeah. you might end up you know growing from it and learning from it. Just the guilt the guilt might be too much, so why might as well? So why even yeah. try? We might we'll, we'll throw a little poll yeah because those two it's pretty deep that yeah. second was pretty deep those are two of our deeper questions yeah. we've had well we'll throw a poll on that to see y'all's thoughts um but we're getting to my scenarios now the new part <laughs> yes a uh, new little addition we've made to deeper thoughts for this yeah. episode um so for the first scenario uh let me think of some good names here hmm i, I got some uh so laboom <laughs> <laughs> uh but That's an inside so, joke from earlier yeah we'll say troy um troy, troy. Troy, uh, he lives in Georgia. He's got, uh, he's 17. Him and his girlfriend are 17. Super Bowl wins. Yeah. Troy, no. <laughs> no, not Troy. Yeah, yeah no. Uh, Troy Bolton, actually, from high school. I'm just okay. Yeah. But uh, this Troy, he's actually a baseball star. Uh, he's like, I think he's, yeah, he's a three-star. That, that's what he's going to be for this. Yeah, okay, okay. Uh, And so Troy, the three-star baseball player from Georgia, he, he's got good grades. He's got a good girlfriend. He's got a pretty nice life. Mm-hmm. But he finds himself in this dilemma. So let me hear your thoughts, Whoop. So obviously baseball is his passion. Right. He's been working hard at it. Um, he wants to go play college baseball like mm-hmm. any good baseball player would. And he has offers from some local schools around him. He has, you know, AU. He's got a small offer from Georgia, but they're not giving him a lot of money. But then when he looks over to the West Coast, there's maybe some schools that are trying to throw out some scholarships. Yeah. He has a big offer from UCLA. He, that's been his dream school. Full ride? Yeah, full ride. Okay, okay. Since he was a little kid, he wanted to play baseball there because his dad went there. Uh so he he's dying to go to UCLA. He's like, yeah. wow, I got the full ride. I got what I wanted. I'm going to play baseball there. I'm going to further my career. But the problem lies with his lady. <laughs> um, his lady, we'll say her name's Claire. Yeah, Claire. Yeah. She's a good girlfriend. They've been dating for two years. I mean, they're seniors. They've been committed to each other for a while. And Claire, she's a real smart yeah. gal. She's going to Georgia. Back in, that's their home mm-hmm. state, um, the biggest university there. I mean, I mean, she might could go to Tech, but those are the two big schools there. And she really wants Troy to go to Georgia. Well, I'm talking. She's been she's been trying to convince Troy for the last six months. The whole end of senior year, she will not get out of his ear about going to Georgia. Yeah. And he only has a small scholarship there, and it would probably take 
a bunch of financial help from his parents that yeah. he doesn't want to rely on to get him through Georgia. But UCLA, they his dad went there. Yeah. He's, he's got the full ride. They've given him the, all that money. That's his dream school. But his girlfriend is begging him. His girlfriend yeah. who he loves. He Troy really wants to marry this girl, actually. Yeah. So that's how serious his relationship is. <laughs> yeah. And she is dying for him to go to Georgia, like I said. And she's actually come to the point because this has become a really big turmoil in the relationship because she's a big proponent of no uh, long distance relationship. She has nothing that works. She her she, she does not believe yeah. in it. So she's saying that if Troy goes to UCLA, she doesn't think they're going to be able to last as a couple. What do you do if you're Troy? This is tough because, all right, so right off the bat, like me personally, I'm thinking, okay, yeah, Troy should definitely just go to UCLA because the reasons why he should go to UCLA is, one, um, this is something he's been working at his whole life, I assume, mm-hmm. you know, and he's got a full ride to UCLA to play baseball. Remember, if he was like 34 years old or something like that, we'd be I'd be looking at this situation totally different because – you got to think about the ages they're at. They're like 17 here. Yeah, he is 17. High school relationships change like that. I, I've seen it. That's a little bit of a foreshadowing for the next scenario. Yeah, they, they change They change like that. So yep. my point is, is this is something for your future. This is something you've been working at. This is something that could set you up for life. Let's say you play great at UCLA. If you end up going, you make it to the MLB, then you're making bank, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I think, uh, what's the girl's name in this Claire. scenario? I think Claire should maybe be a little bit more understanding. You think she would be with all those good grades? Yeah, yeah, Georgia. yeah. I think I think she should be understanding. Like this is his passion, and exactly. I'm not saying I'm not saying that like her passion should fall to the wayside. But the thing is, is they got to kind of recognize, like, hey, you know, we're both. Our lives are going in separate paths, you know. If if Troy wanted to, if Troy didn't play baseball or something like that, wait, or have wait, a, wait, so you have to go your own way. Oh shoot! Yeah, <laughs> you have to go your own way. So you, like, you even get that reference? Uh, the know, song because Troy Bolton and like remember, I gotta go my own way, dude. If yeah. anyone is still listening right now, I know you get that high school ref, high school musical reference. Sally, Wood. oh Troy Bolton. Oh, he's you don't know, you don't yeah, I know Troy, but I know his last name was Bolton from. Uh, I can't remember High School Musical. I haven't seen that movie in like. 10 years. It's a legendary film. How do you okay, know? maybe, I guess. But you think Surf's Up's legendary. But anyway. It is. Oh, listen, goodness. listen, How dare listen, listen back to the scenario. So the thing is, is their lives are going in two separate paths. It sounds like, um, you know, but the Troy should go to UCLA instead of doing this high school relationship because it could change. You know, maybe he turns it down. Uh, UCLA is like, okay, I'm going to trust Claire. I'm going to go with Claire. And the next week, Claire cheats with some dude. Like, oh. boom, everything just went and down the drain. Like, wow. Thanks for going to and, Athens, Georgia. But the, the only thing that's really tough, though, is that if Troy Troy really wants to marry this girl, and you know, and if that's that's the case, and love is a strong thing to overcome. Mm-hmm. But the smart thing to do, I think, is for Troy to go to UCLA. I've seen firsthand. If he doesn't like it, he can move back home. Yeah, I've seen firsthand, um, and I'm not going to say anything where the girlfriend wanted, you know, this dude to not go to college. Uh, with his roommate, he had he would have had college paid for. He would have gone, you know, and stuff like that. And and uh, it would have been like, you know, he already set it up with his uh, roommate that he in college it was all gonna be paid for. And his and his uh, girlfriend at the time was saying, if you go here, then we're done. If you go to college, we're just done. Like, just like Claire, like like you're done. And, and the girl wasn't even going to another college. Like oh. she like it wasn't gonna be college at all. It was just gonna be like if you go to college and we're done. But if you stay, then you know, uh, we can stay together, wow. but the dude wouldn't be going to college. And 
he ended up staying. And now, you know, I think his life isn't as good as what it would have been if he had gone to college. Mm -hmm. So that's just something I've kind of seen. I'm like, yeah, uh, I would take yeah. – if I'm Troy, I would take this yeah, UCLA. UCLA. I think so. I agree with you. That, that was some good takes on that. But we have one more scenario left. Uh, let me think of some more creative names for this one. Let's go hmm. – you, you want to throw me some names, Luke? Yeah. Uh, let's go with – We'll say Demetrius for the guy. Demetrius and – It's a girl. Yeah, another girl. And the girl can be – We'll say Kim. 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 Okay, and then can you also um, give me another guy name because we have to have one other guy in the situation. Uh – Roy. Hi, Roy. <laughs> Roy. So, so Demetrius and Kim, they've been a little bit of a boo thing, a little couple uh, emerging onto the scene for a few months. And then Kim, Kim does something not so nice to my boy Demetrius. She cheats on him. Mm. Um, at a party, Kim was feeling a little spicy. She had too much to drink. Uh, they were having a good old time. She hooked up with Roy. Oh, little Roy. Good old Roy, man. He's He's weaseling himself in there. You know, messing up a nice little relationship between Demetrius and Kim. Did Demetrius have a full ride to uh, UCLA? No, he did not. <laughs> Demetrius had a full ride to nowhere. Um, okay. But uh, poor old Demetrius, who is a pretty good old guy, he uh, <laughs> he kept you laughing with his scenario. My bad, my bad. Wait, let me finish. Um, yeah. Demetrius doesn't really know what to do here because yeah. he really likes Kim. It's like his first ever real girlfriend. <laughs> Dude, you're really dying laughing. Go, keep going. Keep going. My bad. But, uh, My bad. Yeah. So he's just mad about the whole situation. And to be honest, Demetrius doesn't know how to react because he loves Kim and he's built so much with her. But Roy just literally came in and took a poop on this whole situation. Yeah, sounds like it. And so what I'm gonna tell you what I'm just gonna tell you what Demetrius is okay. gonna do. Demetrius ended up getting back with Kim. Oh. Demetrius and Kim were a little but the thing is though, they were a couple before dating, it's official, but they would not become official again. All they did was just hook up and be on and off, not actually dating, being a toxic couple. So my question for you is, if you're Kim, I'm putting you into the different – if you're Kim yeah, and you, you're still kind of on and off with this Demetrius guy who you're the one who wronged in the first place, yeah. what are you doing for this relationship? And just keep in mind, Roy was just a one, one-time thing. It was just a one-time thing. Roy is nothing to be a part of this. What am I doing if I'm Kim? Um, well, if I'm Kim, you know, I hooked up with Roy for this one time. Yeah, stupid Kim. So man. if it's truly just one time and now she's, it, it's really just about where Kim's head's at. If Kim's like, I want to be with, does Kim want to be with Demetrius still? I don't know. I think Kim and Demetrius are too indecisive on one another. Okay. They're so, back and forth each day. so if they're just on and off and they're indecisive, then I'm thinking, um, one, Kim should definitely apologize to, uh, Kim and Demetrius are huge. Yeah. A huge apology. And then hopefully... If she really likes him, take it. He would take her back, dude. And to make matters and, worse, sorry to cut you off. Yeah. Just to add to this here, Roy has the biggest mouth in all of the town. Mm. And as soon as the second it happened with Kim, oh, he was on his giddy to tell everyone around. And poor old Demetrius yeah. didn't find out through his girlfriend. He yeah. found out through Roy and others. So, so one, Demetrius is an idiot, <laughs> and two, Kim has a lot of growing up to do in this situation because she's hurting this dude. And uh, if she's going to stay off and on with him, then she's definitely just, you know, basically just prying his heart out because who's the, who's the trust Kim on whether or not Kim would do this again? If Demetrius stays with Kim, who knows if they're going to keep doing this, if Kim's going to keep on, you know, stabbing Demetrius in the back in the future. So because right now, if if she had, if, if Demetrius found out from other people and not Kim what had happened, 
then already Kim has shown no signs of respect. of apology, respect, or anything like that. If I'm Demetrius, I, I dump this girl. But the question is, what do, I do what do I do if I'm Kim? If I'm Kim, I grow up. I end things with Demetrius right now. I start doing some soul searching on what you're <laughs> supposed on how it is to treat your significant other, and and then whenever you're really ready for a relationship, if you truly if, care about, him, like yeah, you if say, you truly, you can. yeah, if you, not now, not now, yeah, if you're re- truly ready to be in a relate relationship and care about that person, then. I feel like uh, then you go back to you go back to the measures. You apologize. Be like, I'm not going to do that again. But right now you need to be the more mature person. And be like, hey, I keep can't. This isn't fair to you for me being off and on because I've already screwed you one time. Um, it's, it's just not fair to you. I need to stay single for a while and uh, really just, you know, focus on myself and uh, understand where my heart is at and just yeah. do some maturing because because personally right now I'm not good enough for you. So, yeah, yeah exactly. I agree. So if you're Demetrius listening to this podcast, get better. Don't let a Kim push you around. Yeah. If you're a Kim listening to this podcast, you need to reevaluate yourself, yourself and not take advantage of a Demetrius. Like yeah, that. exactly. And if you're a Roy, Roy this quit is, being a Roy. Quit being a Roy. But, uh, Find yourself your own chick, homie. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a, a nice edition of Deeper Thoughts. It's yeah. been a good podcast. Make sure to check us out on all of our other podcasts on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram where we'll be announcing the winner of our Chick-fil-A giveaway very soon now. January 30th, um, yeah. this Saturday. Also, be following us on TikTok. Same handle for both, whoop underscore shoot podcast. And, yeah, anything else to add, Payne? Uh, that's pretty much it. Don't, uh, don't be a Kim. And uh, go Blazers. Peace. Peace.